Ingela Lund, thank you so much for talking to me today. You're in Sweden. I am. I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. That's right. How glorious. I wish I was there with you right now. Um, we have known each other for a very, very long time. We both worked for Odd Socks Productions, mm. and I, one, Andy and Ellie are one of the people, are, are, or two of the people, in fact, that I've been speaking to also. Mm. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how mm. you got to where you are today. Right, so I'm Swedish by birth. Um, I was born and raised in Stockholm. And, um, and I'm living in Stockholm at the moment. Um, and I spent, I think it was um, eight years in the UK. I trained in, in London at East 15. Um, and then I worked uh, for different theatre companies in the UK for about eight years. Um, Odd Socks being one of them and Forest Forge and a few others. Um, and then I moved back to Sweden in sort of mid 2000s and uh, here in Sweden it's I've, I've started my own theatre company with uh, another colleague from from the UK who uh, also trained in the UK, uh, Swedish uh, Christina Leon and we started the Stockholm English speaking theatre because there wasn't one and we were amazed. There was a Gothenburg English speaking theatre, there was one in Malmö but not one in Stockholm so we uh, set that up and um, that was 10 years ago and we've done um, everything from Shakespeare to Mamet to Sarah Kane, Mike Bartlett, modern and Shakespeare, both um, indoors in the winter and then the public theatre in the summer open air to thousands of Stockholmers, um, which has been brilliant. But um, obviously since the pandemic, we haven't done any any shows. It's all it's all down. We've done one workshop um, in well this year, so so I do that part time at run the Stockholm English Speaking Theatre, and and uh, I'm I work as an actress here in Sweden, um, film, TV, um, commercials, uh, voiceover jobs. So I'm a bit of a I, I dabble. I sort of do a bit of everything. I've also in the last five years I've started doing voice coaching. So I worked with Patsy Rodenberg. She has this training for voice coaches or voice teachers in New York. And uh, it was supposed to be this year as well, but we did one month last summer. And then um, we were supposed to do another month this year in New York, but obviously we had to do it via Zoom. So I've trained, I've, I am training to be a voice teacher, you know, using her methods, which is brilliant absolutely amazing i just i just find her methods to be so pragmatic and real and no no fuzz it's just it's just yeah uh, very practical and very pra pragmatic and i love that so um i've started teaching online voice online um everything from actors to you know scientists who have to give a lecture online or uh, politicians even you know people who in some shape or form have to speak in front of an audience um so yeah so i dabble with many different things so tell us ingela how has the pandemic affected you um i think it's made me more mindful of how i spend my time you know 
um, and also it has forced me to be more more active actually and, and you know take initiative uh, both personally and professionally like you there's a sense of urgency that's sort of changed because it is so easy to fall into this slump and I do I'm, I do it every day at some point during the day of course I do um, but it, yeah it's just made me realize you know how precious time is and, and how how I spend it if that makes sense um, and I think personally, I've been worried more about people around me as well. Um, I mean, I only have myself to provide for, but, um, I used to go to this, uh, this office space, um, like a co-op for actors and, um, which was always great because there was a great atmosphere and, and obviously I don't do that anymore. And, and I'm, I'm in these four walls. Um, so I miss that generous atmosphere of, of being with your peers and, and, you know, bouncing off ideas and everything that I really miss that. Um, and, um, and mostly I've been also worried, you know, for my mother who's 83 and, um, she is as fit as a fiddle and still, you know, really uh, excited to go places and travel and everything. And she can't do any of that. So she's, well, both bored and depressed, obviously, because she, she, she doesn't get any, any stimulation at all. So I'm, I'm worried that she's going to, you know, be uh, isolated and bored and sad, basically. So, Ingela, how has it affected you professionally? So I think because I, as I said before, I, I dabble and I do different things that has really saved me. Um, had I only done acting and, and, um, which is absolutely, um, you know, enough if you have enough work than that, but it, it just, if I only had the acting, it would have been very difficult for me to survive financially. So the fact that I'm teaching and, and I have this online teaching and, um, also my own studio, I've managed to at least financially, um, it, it, it's it's all right you know i'm not I've, I've lost money obviously i've lost money but but i'm sort of okay um but professionally in terms of in terms of acting i mean nobody's working nobody's working so and it sounds a bit selfish but it's like we, we we're all in the same boat um they've started doing some filming here in sweden some people have started up the tv productions and the uh, it's, it's sort of slowly starting and, and I'm, I've done a bit of TV, but it's very slow. Um, so that is just the way it is. And, and, uh, but I've been lucky because, because of these other jobs that I do. Can you give us an idea of um, what it's been like uh, from the beginning in Sweden in terms of the sort of the journey? For everybody in Sweden, it's, it's, probably been easier than other countries because we haven't had a complete lockdown because we have done it gradually um because there haven't been any restrictions only recommendations um you know the faith that people will be clever will be intelligent about it and keep social distancing and you know wash your hands and all those things um and here also the um um the the face mask issue has we, we haven't used face masks at all which is um i have to say that i'm the jury's out on that one i don't know 
Um, every other country um, uses it, but we, we don't. So social gatherings, more than 50 um, people is not allowed. And also in the theatres, um, they upped to 300 last week because there had been this huge uh, complaint from the, from the arts community or the performing community that, uh, you know, you can go to shopping centres, you can go to um, nightclubs even, but you can't go to a theatre. Um, and I think that that question has been raised in many countries. Um, but, well, I think uh, there's, a, there's a huge inconsistency across oh, yes. the board, isn't there? I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, re I mean, there's no logic behind any of the, uh, or many of the restrictions. But, um, but now they've, you know, gone down, obviously, since the last week, the curve has just gone up in Sweden. So we're, we're down to 50 again. And so have the theatres been open the entire time or has there been a period when things were closed? The restaurants, what's that like? No, they've all, they've all been opened, uh, open the whole time. Um, but the, um, I, I can just take an example. I was working at the Opera House in, um, in, in the spring, in February, just when everything, you know, everything started. And um, I was working as a dialect coach there. And um, then they uh, decided to close down productions, at least, uh, for a bit. Um, and they were only doing rehearsals. Um, and now they've started productions uh, again, but only 50 people in the, in the auditorium. Yeah. And what about actors working together? Has there been any restriction about the number of people who can be working? So different theatres have done different um, solutions. I know at the Malmö Opera they had the orchestra in another room. So the, the music was streamed or, you know, um, projected onto the stage. Um, so the, the 50 rule obviously applies for not just the audience, but also the people on stage. Because it's only recommendations, they were only recommendations as well. Mm -hmm. Every theatre has done their own take on it, sort of. So what about social distancing? You mean when they're on stage? Yeah. Well, they're supposed to, yes. They're supposed to do um, social distancing, but, you know, I, 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 I'd be lying if I say that they, they were all the time. And I've seen pictures from um, dance performances from Malmö and the dancers are, I mean, you can't do that as a dancer. It's impossible. Like how two metres apart, you know, um, so they, <laughs> they haven't, they haven't. So, yeah. It does sound, it's interesting because I spoke to Suna in Denmark uh, a couple of days ago mm -hmm. uh, and it sounds worse for Denmark than it does to Sweden. I mean, what do you think, what's, what is the secret? What's Sweden done? I would say that Sweden is a technocratic society. So we are a society of experts, experts who give recommendations and Swedish people love experts and recommendations because our government, um, they are listening to the experts and, uh, and acting according to the experts' opinions about things, but they don't make their own decisions. Uh, they, they, they've just said, we follow the recommendations of the National Agency of Health, la la la, you know? Uh, and that sometimes I find that people put everything in the hands of the experts instead of having, um, you know, their own, uh, their own 
social distancing, taking their own responsibility on how to act in the street and how to behave uh, a sort of social awareness. But potentially your nature of being sheep then has yeah. actually been good in this situation. Whereas the British who are going, no, I'll do whatever I like, damn you. The idea of the Swedes kind of just doing, okay, well, if that's what we've been told and that's what we will do, mm. actually has, has been, it sounds like the reason why you, you guys have done so well. Yes, I suppose there is a general um, acceptance of authority in this country. So I think that could be one of the reasons why it's gone well. But also the fact that we, you're 60 million in the UK and we're 10 million. I mean, yeah. So actually, the, the arts and culture sector in Sweden hasn't suffered that much as it has in other countries. The institutions like um, the, the Opera House, the National Theatre, the ones that are already subsidised by the government, I mean, they're heavily subsidised. It's like 90% uh, of their budget comes from the government. I know in the UK, it's the other way around. Even if it's the national or whatever it may be, it's the other way around. So um, obviously, people who have a permanent contract in those theatres are okay. So far, we'll see. Um, but it's the the fringe scene, you know. It's the um, the smaller theatres, the the um, and and we have a great fringe scene in Stockholm. There's so many beautiful um, uh, theatre companies, um, great initiatives. Um, and but on the other hand, those people normally have other jobs as well or do other things, like myself. So um, they are, they only survive because of resilience, really, because they sort of find other avenues but I think the people who have really suffered the most are the gigging people like you know musicians um, who that's all they do they do gigs they go they do concerts they do so I, I read an article the other day in the um, and it, it said that the Swedish Music Union um, they did a survey and 30% of the members of the Music Union had decided already to change careers to retrain yeah yeah uh so there hasn't been any government financial support for them so they're, they're now they're starting to to um get those things in place so if you have a small business and like a shareholding company you you get you could get money from the government like like this but if you were self-employed, you weren't included in that. So most people who are in the arts sector here are self-employed. I was lucky enough that my accountant last year said, I think you should create a, um, it's called in Swedish. And you know, that also a statement because I, I was included in, in that government, that, you know, um, the, the subsidies from the, from the government that we, that we got. Um, but now I know that they have put sort of Arts Council um, funding in place that you can apply for if you're a musician or if you're an actor. But it's, you know, the competition is, you know, you won't get it like that. You have to apply for it and it's quite hard to get. So, so you have uh, effectively an Arts Council like we do have an Arts Council? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, you have it on the national level, you have it on the regional level, and then you have it on the sort of council level so whenever like in my theatre company whenever we 
um, do a production, we apply for money in all three in instances. Normally we get it from the council because we're in Stockholm. Um, How have you kept yourself motivated throughout this pandemic? Mm, an hour a day going for a walk with a different friend and asking how they are kind of thing. That's I, in March and April, that's all I did. I was like teaching and then an hour a day, you know, I called somebody and said, do you want to go for a walk? You know, distance, we can walk for an hour and just talk. So that was, that was a really good, just these small things and trying to keep fit. Um, <laughs> boring, it sounds so boring when I say it's like, yes, I kept fit, and, but it helps. It helps. It helps enormously from a mental health point of view. Yeah. Um, I am not in any way a fitness fanatic. In fact, I avoid it. Uh, wherever possible me too however i have found that i have needed to and am now running every other day i do yeah. yoga every other day yes. and it has helped me so much absolutely it's 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 vital do you think the the arts industry events industry will be permanently damaged I mean, I think, I think it definitely, there will be a, a before and after, definitely. Um, I mean, there's been a great debate in this country of the value of the arts, you know, um, that the government doesn't see the, the value and, the, and therefore the, that's the industry that's dwindling the fastest, that, um, you know, shopping centers, restaurants, bars have been open, serving people, far more people than are allowed in the theater. Um, so I think that the big question that comes up for me is, is it, people are starting to wonder, you know, what is, what is the value of culture for people in general and for the, for the politicians, for the people in power? And now everything is online. You know, we've also been um, given a lot of free culture now during this time, you know, the National Theatre. I've been, that was great. You know, I could see shows that I probably never could get tickets for and, and, people who maybe couldn't afford to go to the national or to the, or the West end or whatever could, could now get those shows in their, their own homes. Um, so I suppose the question is when all this is over, what culture are we willing to pay for? You know, what's how, what is the value and how do you measure the value of what we do? It's not a new question. It's not, it's something, but I think it's come under, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it become very clear, this question and sort of reappear during this pandemic. What is the value? I don't know the answer. I really don't. I, I, I always find it tricky and I'm constantly, constantly um, working on, on pricing myself, you know, whenever people ask me, so how, how much do you charge? What would you like for that? And, and it's you know most companies like okay for this we do this and for this we do this but in our business it's so sort of right um so yeah. when i when i'm a voice coach for example if i have a client as a politician there's one price and if i if i have a an actor it's another so i think that what is the value of, of culture is the big question that's mm. needs to be investigated does that make sense mm. i think that's quite similar to um what we've been 
feeling about our politicians and our government is that you know culture isn't at the top of the list uh, yeah. but then that makes sense too you know it does make mm. sense it's it's the it's such an enormous diversity of people who work mm. in the industry yeah um, that and and the inconsistency of and this is what i've talked to a lot of people about how, the inconsistency of the way they get paid as you say you know most places this is the price for this this is the price for this that doesn't happen in our world does no. it no you never know you could be like oh you want to give me that much oh great fantastic <laughs> <laughs> is there any circumstance where you would work for free oh i would have to say almost never i don't i mean okay that's a big question <laughs> um I think I would, I would work for free. It was, um, let's say new arrivals to the country and they wanted me to help them with Swedish or uh, if there was a film project or a theater pro project that I really, really believed in and they just didn't have it, uh, any money. And I had the time and I had the, um, I just had money coming in the month before possibly. Yes. I mean, I'm not like, but I, 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 normally say no I wouldn't work for free good for you <laughs> because no I think there are a lot of young actors uh, who would there are a lot of musicians a lot of unfortunately and and that enables people to expect people to work for nothing doesn't it I know and th and I understand them I mean I understand you're new in the business you, you you're raring to go and you really want to say yes to everything and I of course I mean I was like that in the beginning too but what well, yeah it's mm, it's like they have to toughen up earlier why did you go to school drama school in in England well I I think there were two things I um I wasn't I wasn't excited about the theatre scene in Sweden at the time um, I loved, loved, loved English actors and the quality that was, that I was seeing, you know, I only saw stuff on TV, but I always thought, God, the British actors, that they are the best. I mean, they are, it's just believable and um, the skill and the technique and everything. So I was just very intrigued by, by your training and what you did. So why did you then come back to Sweden? Another good question. Ooh, um, I think it was um, two things. I I um, I missed my friends and my family, and um, I I love I, I do miss England still. I still miss the UK, um, but it was that case of you know just being where roots are. It was more a personal thing, and then I got a job here. Um, I got a job at the at the national here for four months and, and I was like, well that that if that isn't a sign, I, I don't know what is. But I have to say the four the first five years they were really difficult because uh an international or a, a training, a drama training from another country isn't considered that well it, it valid. It's not the state schools are that's the that's the thing. You need to be a graduate of one of the schools to be sort of accepted and and you know to get the stamp of approval so i did have to fight for a bit so. what's made you the saddest about 
the current situation selfishness of of people you know um not keeping the distance even though we do uh we've been quite respectful in this country but you know obviously you have people here who don't keep the distance and who don't you know the cough right out in your face and people not being aware and not considering other people i think that's made me the saddest um and also the way we've treated our elderly because this was a big problem before as well the it, it wasn't very organized the um uh, the care for, for the elderly um the training there's a lack of training and you know um people who take care of the elderly are normally um it's, it's sort of a job they take like that it's it's just to survive and some are some are great but um there's a lack of of knowledge and, and training and during the pandemic they didn't have any protective gear no masks no gloves nothing and they were going into these um the, these people's homes doing you know feeding them and and washing them and doing everything and of course uh, the curb among the elderly was just they were they were dropping like flies it was dreadful so I, that made me really sad that the way we treat our elderly and it's a big problem and it needs to be addressed what would you like your legacy to be oh yeah um I would say um, I, I hope to leave behind some kind of good storytelling, you know, uh, in the shape of a play, a film, TV series that have that has somehow changed somebody's way of thinking or, or made them think in, in another direction or um, yeah, to to tell stories is really what I do and um share stories is is really what i do and, and help people share their stories through also voice and stuff um and then i hope to be remembered as a curious and generous friend i hope and and, and partner you know somebody who's contributed in some way uh with support and curiosity and uh um yeah um and in terms of what I do, I think now that I'm working a lot as a voice coach as well, that's given me a real new purpose uh, also. So I hope I've helped people become more aware of their own abilities, you know, through teaching, um, more aware of their surroundings and, and help them sort of find their own power. You know what I mean? Um, that they have a voice, they have a, a, a mind, they have a, a body and a spirit and to use it to use it for something, to use it for good. That's really nice, I like that a lot. A lot of people keep likening this to, you know, the war, the Second World War, or, you know, we've, it, 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 it's that same, you know, it's just as bad. And, but what they forget is during the war, people had each other. They, could, they got together, they, they hugged, they gave each other love, you know, they had sex, you know, the same, you know, um, there was, there was a very much a physical closeness that kept people going. And I think, and I think that's the tragedy of this is yes, we are fighting an invisible war, but we can't 
take solace in each other. No, absolutely. Ingela, thank you so much. Thank you. This was, this made my day. Oh, great. <laughs>